Welcome to Rama for Today. So he said to me, Sonny, he said, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. There's not anything, any medicine to reach you, no operation. There's nothing can be done for you. And he said, uh, you just go down the middle of the road and stay ready to go. And the doctor took him by the hand pat and he said, son, stay ready to go. Well, he told me all he knew, you see. And I appreciate him being frank and honest with me. I told him so later when I was in the office after I was raised up. But anyway, he went on to say to me, now I realize you might say, well, what are you, you, you couldn't do much here in bed. But he said, I tell you, don't worry about anything. Worry is the worst thing on your heart. He said, just don't worry, don't get mad. He said, you might lose your temper and just die instantly. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Today you'll hear more from Kenneth E. Hagan on his teaching, Corresponding Actions, on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. Matthew chapter 3, Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6. And I got down to the end of that 6th chapter and I got hung up. Because you see, I'd promised him that I'd never doubt anything I read there. And you see, I read in the 25th verse of Matthew 6, where he said, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them, are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto your stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Therefore take no thought for the morrow. Another translation reads, Therefore be not anxious. In fact, the translation I was reading said, Therefore be not anxious about tomorrow. And I was reading a little footnote there, and it said, Don't worry or fret. And it referred me to Philippians 4, 6, where again the King James translation says, Be careful for nothing. That's a little blind to us. Amplified translation reads, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Well, here God's telling me not to worry. Here God's telling me not to be anxious or to fret. And I've promised it when I read it and understand it, I'll do it. But I'm not only bound on the bed of affliction and almost dead, but I've just about worried myself the rest of the way to death. You see, my grandmother and mother were world champion warriors. And they just unconsciously taught me to worry. 
I'll tell you there never was, even though I was a kid, one more to worry than I. Now, people talk about a habit to getting rid of. I want to tell you the hardest sin I ever gave up is the sin of worrying. Why, somebody said, that's not a sin. It's a sin, my brother, sister, to disobey God's word. Are you hearing me? Sure, that's a sin. And it's much worse habit than the tobacco habit. Don't shout me down now just because I'm preaching real good. Much worse. You see, tobacco will just half kill you, but worry will kill you. <laughs> a fellow that uses tobacco is just half alive while he lives. He can't taste anything because he's got that terrible taste in his mouth and his sense of taste is dull. And he can't smell anything because he stinks so bad himself all the time. Till you know if he could smell, he would quit using the nasty stuff. Well, well, that's true. Amen, that's the truth. And he really doesn't enjoy life. He just goes through about half dead. Doctors admit that themselves. But worry will kill you. Amen, altogether. I know the doctor told me. You see, I remember one thing got me in this kind of a shape. You see, one of the doctors came out there and told me, he said, uh, and talked to me about 45 minutes one time. He just took off 45 minutes from his noon hour, that is, and he went to lunch. I didn't know he was coming. He hadn't been on the case very long. One of the other doctors, old Dr. Mathers, on the case had died. And so they got, brother, uh, they got Dr. Robinson. And so he stopped by one day and he said to me, Son, has any of the other doctors, he knew there'd been four more, he was the fifth doctor on the case. He said, has any of the other doctors ever told you just exactly what's wrong with you? I said, no, sir. Well, now, he said, I'll tell you, I, I'm, I'm a little different maybe than some doctors, but I believe in telling people exactly what's wrong with them. Now, he said, I'm going to tell you exactly what's wrong with you. You know, of course, you have a heart condition. And so he said, well, now, you've got to remember this is 1933. Of course, doctors know more nowadays than they did then. So he took a, 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 a prescription pad from his pocket, and he had written on that seven names. They were medical names, and so I couldn't understand them. I mean, even when he said them, I didn't understand them. <coughs> he said, up till now, there are seven serious organic heart troubles known to medical science. Now, he said, when I said organic, I mean in the organs of the heart itself. He held up his fist, doubled his fist up. He said, say, for instance, my fist is your heart. I mean in the organ. He said, there's, there's trouble in the muscles around the heart. I'm not talking about that. There's hardening of the arteries. I'm not talking about that. He said, there's a kidney trouble that'll cause, uh, affect the heart, but I'm not talking about that. Some people have a nervous heart. I'm not talking about that. Indigestion, some folks, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll affect the heart and a lot of other things. But he said, I'm talking about in the organ itself, the heart itself. Now, he said, out of these seven, I had two of them. And he went on to tell me I was born that way. For instance, he said, you have a deformed heart. Now, for instance, he said, you've seen a child with a deformed foot, maybe a club foot. I said, yes, sir. Well, he said, that's what we call a deformed foot. Now, your heart is deformed. It isn't normal. 
And I also ask him why, when I drank a glass of cold water, it didn't go straight to my stomach, but spread out over the left side of my chest. And he said, you're also deformed throughout your entire chest area. And then this condition has gone on so long, it took blood from the end of my finger, and it, it looked the color of a pale orange and was real watery-like. And so he said the white corpuscles destroyed the red blood corpuscles faster than they could do anything about it and medical science could do anything about it in fact he said there's just no need to even try and then my body had become practically totally paralyzed at times i was just completely and then i'd get to where i could use my arms a little bit so he said to me sonny he said i'm gonna be perfectly honest with you there's not anything any medicine reach you no operation there's nothing can be done for you and he said uh, you just go down the middle of the road and stay ready to go and the doctor took me by the hand, patted me, said, son, stay ready to go. Well, he told me all he knew, you see. And I appreciate him for being frank and honest with me. I told him so later when I was in the office after I was raised up. But anyway, he went on to say to me, now I realize you might say, well, what are you, you, you couldn't do much here in bed. But he said, I'll tell you, don't worry about anything. Worry is the worst thing on your heart. He said, just don't worry, don't get mad. He said, you might lose your temper and just die instantly. Don't worry, don't get mad. He said, in fact, you see my window, well, I, they had me laid where I could look out the window, you see, in the street. And he said, if something exciting happens out there on the street, you know, like maybe a car wreck or anything, he said, well, don't, don't look out. He said, you might get excited and just die instantly. And then he went on to say, Worry is killing more people. He said there's more people in the hospital, more people are sick, more people are already dead than in the grave over worrying any other one thing. Well, I guess he could detect, all right, that my mother and grandmother were world champion warriors, and I just sort of inherited that because I was not what no only almost dead. I was about to worry myself to death, to death the rest of the way of worrying what was wrong with me, wondering what was wrong with me. And then when he left and told me I couldn't worry and to quit it, boy, I'll tell you, that put me on the spot. And so I got the feeling sorry for myself, and then here God got, he, 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 he got to working on me. And he began to deal with me about that sin of worrying. That's where my healing started. I began to get under conviction about it. Now, I surprise folks sometimes when I tell them I just soon cuss as to worry. Both of them are sins. We'll not discuss which one's the worst. If it's wrong, well, we oughtn't to do it. Are you hearing me? I want to show you what it means to be a doer of the word. So I remember about six o'clock in the evening that day in 1933, I finally said to the Lord, I finally capitulated. I said, all right, Lord. I promise you from this day forward, I'll never worry anymore. You are listening to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find more resources that will change your life. So visit us today at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. I'd like to tell you about this month's very special offer, the limited edition Kenneth E. Hagan Legacy Bible. It contains a collection of 26 lessons on faith bound in beautiful black genuine leather. It features the King James text, 
a concordance, and a harmony of the four Gospels offered for a special introductory price of $129.95. Don't delay. Call today. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. And we got Living Faith Crusades coming up in March. Yes. Uh, we're going to two places we that's, haven't been before. That's right. March 4th through the 6th. We're going to be in Ridgely, Tennessee. Ridgely, Tennessee. Abundant Life Fellowship Church. Pastors David and Tammy Gray. I'm looking forward to that. Hey, all the people in that area, hey, uh, get the news out. Come out. We're going to have a great time. Go. Now, then we're going to move right over there on March 7th through 9th. We're that's going to right. move over to Cleveland, Tennessee. That's Wednesday through Friday. Yes. At Cleveland Christian Fellowship with Pastors Mark and and, and Margaret Strickland. It's going to be a great time. I hadn't been in Cleveland in many, many years. That's our, right. Our good friend Norval Hayes, Hayes lives in Cleveland. Yes. And I'm going to have to get a hold of him and and uh, <laughs> and see if uh, we can get together when we get there. I think it's been about 1973 since we've been there. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Long now, time. That, it, we've seen him. Between, oh, yeah. But that, that's the last time I've been to Cleveland, I think. Yes. I don't know. I can't. No, I've been there before. Okay. Uh, she, she's going back too far. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, all you right. went back too far. Hey, but we're excited about it because I, I haven't preached in these places in years. Yes. I haven't preached in Cleveland, Tennessee in a in long, long, long time. I've That's been right. there. But, and, and we've never been to Ridgely. We are looking for, we yes. want you to come and be with us. Get the news out, okay? Tell everybody. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's toll free. 1-888-FAITH-99. Tomorrow, Kenneth E. Hagen will continue his message, Corresponding Actions, here on Rama for Today Radio with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen.